our brain tries to make sense of it. We're yeah. a meaning-making species. And so, so I'm trying to make sense of why am I feeling so anxious? Why am I so yeah. threatened? And why are my adrenaline cortisol levels rising? And I, so it's easy to look at my partner and go, well, it must be you not yeah. giving me what I need, you know. But classically, that's rarely the case. My name is Will Small. I'm a husband and a dad. And for the sake of my family and my community, I want to be a healthy man. Images on magazines would lead me to believe that means having ripped abs and a good paycheck. But I'm not satisfied with that story. Are you? Join me and my guests as we explore the idea of healthy manhood in the modern world. This is the Mankind Podcast. We launched the first season of Mankind in November last year, and it's Hard to believe how much has happened between now and then. Bushfires, floods, a global health pandemic. In my mind, all of that only heightens the importance of this conversation. I was chatting to a friend of mine recently about the idea that all of these things are like magnifying glasses for what is already there. If we're healthy, it shows in a crisis. If we're not, same deal. And here's the thing. None of us could see this stuff coming, which is a reminder that we don't know what the future holds next we can choose to use today as our opportunity to work on ourselves so that whatever tomorrow holds, we can be calm and courageous as we face it. I've been chatting to men and women that inspire me towards greater health and well-being, and I hope that these episodes do the same thing for you. If you listen to season one, you might remember Barney, who spoke to me about emotional awareness. I had so much positive feedback about my chat with Barney that I decided to hit him up again And this time, along with his wife, Erica, we spoke about healthy relationships. If you've got a partner, I reckon it'd be a great idea to grab some takeaway food and listen to this episode for date night. If you're not currently in a relationship, then pay attention because this stuff could make a huge difference when the time comes. So Barney was a part of the first season of the Mankind podcast and uh, your episode, which was kind of looking broadly at emotional health, um, got lots of really good feedback. It was it was practical. Uh, you shared really really openly in terms of your own experiences, mm. and so we thought, what would be better than uh, bringing you back with your wife Erica <laughs> and find the gr- the great woman behind the man? <laughs> yeah, I like to remix that saying. You know, the kind of traditional way of saying it is behind. Every great man is an even better woman. I think mm. in front of every great woman, there's some average dude taking the credit. <laughs> That's I me. love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, but really, you're both you're both uh, wonderful human beings. And oh, thanks, to give people a bit of context, from what I know of you, Barney, you kind of see a large part of your role in the world as helping people to sit in places where they can become more healthy, where they can experience healing, uh, they can move on a, on a trajectory towards kind of a better version of themselves. Now, Erica is very passionate about communication. Um, so these these are great things going together for, mm. for talking about healthy relationships, which is what I want to talk to you guys about today. Mm. How do you introduce yourselves? <laughs> a sentence or two. I've done my little yeah, project yeah. onto you, you, you how go. I see oh, you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I've, my background is basically in media. So having done a lot of presenting on TV and radio and things like that, but my passion, as you say, is communication. And so when I first got this inspiration, which we will talk about, I guess, throughout this time with relationships. Barney actually said to me once, what would you do if you could do anything in that area? And I just went, 
I want to teach kids communication. But then it kind of grew from kids to adults to businesses to whoever needs it. Mm. But it was through that conversation with him of him empowering and encouraging and saying, what would you do? Just think about it. Just dream for a second. And I said, I want to teach communication. And that's where that came from. So it kind of did come out of our relationship that I sort of got mm. that opportunity. But now that it's developing, Barney will often say to me, because obviously as a counsellor, he sees people when they're not necessarily in crisis, but needing that helping hand to, to move forward and to, to progress. He'll say to me, oh, I had a session today with someone and um, man, like the stuff you're teaching is like preventative of what I, I do mm. in the counselling chair. So it is a little bit complimentary what we've ended up doing. I go into wow. schools or universities and teach people about conflict resolution, assertive behaviour and language and and he'll come home and say, wow, the person I saw today could have benefited from that. So, yeah, we are, I guess, working in tandem, but we also yeah. have our own areas that we focus on. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we certainly share similar values in terms of, um, I guess, healing and growth and, you know, being the best we can be and, and, and relationships being healthy and just being about people generally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So the idea of a healthy relationship, uh, like many words, I'm sure people have different ideas in their mind. Of, of what that means, you know, mm. is a healthy relationship just about the longevity of it, how much time you can survive together, <laughs> or is it something a little bit deeper than that? Is it about the quality of the relationship? Love mm. to hear your thoughts. Maybe if you want to share first, Barney, what do you think of as kind of indicators of a healthy relationship? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot of things I could say, you know, based on theory or research and things, but I'd probably rather reflect a bit more on my experience with that question in some ways which is to say that a healthy relationship and I think you touched on it Erica really is well firstly it should be enjoyable in the main if that makes sense and so we want to optimize people's sense of engagement or sense of meaning and that kind of thing in the relationship um, but relationships go through seasons you know so some sometimes there's more challenges and and that's okay but it's really about hanging on for that kind of long term I'm very much an advocate for kind of long-term relationship mm. and the benefits and the fruits that can come out of that um, so what makes it healthy? I think, you know, from my experience with Erica, you know, really, you know, we've had this unusual path really where, you know, we're actually, I should say, we've, it's our wedding anniversary uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember the date. Sorry, that's bad. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. We can talk about that later. No. <laughs> um, yeah, 19 years, which is kind of exciting. But what, what is possibly a more important date is May the 4th, of course, Star Wars Day. Yes. And in fact, that, that date... So I'm going off topic there is already. A point, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that date is in fact our 25th anniversary of being in relationship together. Oh wow! And so we had, we had a bit of a moment, kind of celebrating that. But um, you know, through that 25 year kind of path, what I've observed is that really our relationship has kind of been the centre of everything we've done in our lives individually and together. So it's not like I've you know I've made a lot of career changes. I spent the first um, part of my career kind of in the medical field and helping people at a, at a healing level and in management in, in, in health. And then I transitioned into counselling and Erica was very supportive of that because I had many late nights studying and, and so forth. And now I'm doing, you know, postgraduate psychology research and things. And right through that whole kind of process, she's been right there supporting me, championing me and, and helping me. But alongside that, you know, she's had her own journey. So she started off uh, behind the camera. It was only, I mean, you can tell the story if you like, <laughs> Erica, but... It was only what a couple of days into our marriage that that Erica dropped a bit of a bombshell. Um, I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, explain. well, we, we just we did a little technique when we first got married. Our very first year of marriage, everyone says, is the hardest, and we do a lot of marriage um, prepare for couples at the moment. So you know, we talk to them about that. One little thing that we found was really cool 
was we decided to get up in the morning, go for a walk. We lived in this tiny little crummy house, (laughs) as most people do, near a waterfront, like not on it, but close to. And so we'd walk every day and we had to say three things that we were super thankful for. So just getting that gratitude mindset for the, to start the day. Mm. I'm not saying we're perfect. We didn't get to it every day, but we tried. And then we had to sort of say three things we would really like to see happen or change or that we were were working on, working toward. Mm. Uh, And so we started doing that. And then Barney again was like, okay, so we've, We've done the wedding, we're married now, time to focus on what we're going to do, where we're going to go. And I was like, okay, I'm in a job that's not going anywhere. And he goes, where do you want to go? And I I just said, oh, see that radio station over there? I could I could go there. And he goes, to do what? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I just right. So we're just like a random thing. And six weeks later, I think I was reading the news on the local radio station just because I went through some processes of mm-hmm. saying day and volunteering and all that kind of stuff. But it was through that space, I think, of being connected together, supporting one another, um, that we sort of, and same with Barney, I was like, so what do you want to do? And he goes, well, eventually I'd like to to do this. And because we had those conversations really early Mm. and we were open to the other person's dreams and not like, well, I want to go first. Mm. I want to put myself forward. Mm. Um, We actually supported one another. And then having children now, we started this little thing where if we're going to support the other in their dreams and goals, we can't resent it then if we're left home alone to do all the work. So mm-hmm. if you're going to say go, you have to mean it. And so we started this little process where we would call it sending out. So even when Barney would go on a res school for university um, and he's gone for a week and the kids want to know where he is, I'll go, we're going to send daddy out because he's going and learning about helping people and isn't that amazing and we're going to miss him but we're going to send him out and that way there's mm. no resentment like, oh, your father's gone again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that made a huge difference because – with the television show, I worked on Sydney Weekender for 17 years and I'd have to – I flew to New Zealand for three days once to do a story and home again and mm-hmm. Barney's like, isn't it so exciting that mum is is going to go somewhere else and we're going we're gonna to send her out and we're going to wish mm. her well rather mm. than, oh, if your mother was here, that wouldn't be so stressful. Does yeah, that make sure. sense? It's just a yeah. different way of looking at each other's goals yeah. but still honouring our kids in that process. Yeah, but, yeah. that's mm. fantastic. I love – a few things you said, I, I am a huge fan of just that simple practice of, you know, we have a shared uh, time of yeah. talking about what we're grateful for. Yeah. Mm. And then also that's a beautiful idea, the sending each other out yeah. into your respective mm. areas, really championing each other. Mm. And one of the things I'm picking up in what you're saying is that obviously a healthy relationship is not just about the right compatible people. Mm. It's actually about those kind of systems and uh, intentionality mm-hmm. and all these little things beneath the surface that mm. actually enable the flourishing because you might be two people that are really well suited to each other but you'd neglect to do those things and your relationship could very easily not look quite as healthy as what you guys are describing. What are some of those things maybe that cause um, what could be a great relationship to find itself in a, a more difficult or stretched space? You know, what are, if, if there are things that can help create health, mm. what are some of the little things maybe that do lead to kind of that, that bitterness or resentment or, or, you know, the kind of unhealth that maybe a lot of people experience in very subtle ways? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, if I draw on some of my experience in therapy with a lot of couples, you know, it, if there's an overarching kind of, theme I observe probably one of the big ones is that we really 
rather than having a real deep kind of compassion for where we're at individually or the stresses we might be under or what you know what's happening for Erica and her life and that kind of thing we actually really almost compete mm. at a deep level for kind of the energies of the relationship and and to be looked after mm. and I think that's probably the number one thing that can contribute to some you know a fair bit of conflict a fair bit of misunderstanding and a, and a fair bit of emotional distance in the relationship so for example you know in conflict, you know, typically we both kind of adopt the assumption, you know, if I just say my position louder and louder <laughs> and louder, my partner will eventually realise how wrong they are and that I'm right, you know. Or if I or if I withdraw right back here and make them pay or just shut down to them, um, they'll be forced to acknowledge that I'm right. And both those positions, you know, and we, we've fallen into it many, many times over 20 years, but... Um, but both those positions don't lead to a sense of emotional kind of closeness. They don't lead to kind of intimacy. They lead to distance and they lead to misunderstanding. And they ultimately lead to loneliness in the relationship. Mm. And I think that's a, a really important um, thought that, it, that un, in, in the context of our relationships that we really need to be focused on the good of the other and really learning about each other, not, not assuming each other, not, not competing with their partner at a, at a subconscious level, but going, well, it, you know, I married Erica for a reason, or I, I'm in love with her for a reason, and I, you know, I, I'm feeling these feelings of anger or frustration, but it doesn't quite fit. You know, it doesn't make sense that mm. she would deliberately try and make my life as miserable as I could be. So maybe I'll explore that a bit with her and open up the conversation rather than try and make my point yeah. uh, louder and louder. So yeah, yeah. What, what do you think? Oh well, you know me, communication <laughs> is my big thing, and so I think that can. When that breaks down, I think relationships can break down. Mm. Um, but if I could just go back to before you enter the relationship, there's a little bit of work I think in there around bringing a sense of who I am mm. into a relationship. Mm. So there's a sense of if you are very, very young, for example, I was very young when I met Barney, clearly because we've been married 20 years, we must have been very young. <laughs> um, how is it possible? How is it possible? You know, and, um, and I know for me, and, and this has been a huge part of our story and I speak about it in places, but um, I wasn't completely differentiated, to use a big term. Sure. I, I was still sort of different from, different from am, I, am I different from my parents? Am I different from my peers? Um, is this this guy is really grounded and lovely and he knows who he is, so I'll just go along with what he thinks. Mm. And I did that for too long. And for our relationship, our early part of our relationship, I actually had to step away from him for a little while and go, you're amazing and I'm in love with you, but I don't know who I am. Mm. And so when I worked that out, and that was another story for another podcast. Um, and a whole lot of counselling. And a whole lot of counselling. <laughs> I realised that to to be an equal relationship, you need to know who you are first. You mm -hmm. need to know what you're bringing into a relationship. And so when we got to that point, I can remember on our wedding day holding his hand and they're doing the thing and I remember even having the mental process while in love and teary. We did it. We, we're doing it. This is this is equal relationship. It's not parent-child. It's not... It was a milestone in itself that we'd achieved. Yeah. There was that work on ourselves individually and I had to do some too. Yeah. yeah. And so I think going forward then when you you know who you are and you know what you bring... When you get into that communication space in a, in a marriage, relationship, whatever it is, you can use assertive language because you know where it's coming from. So mm. you're not mm. screaming, this is my right and fine, do it your way. It's none of that dramatic stuff. It's, hey, um, Barney, I've just noticed this thing's happening. Can we talk about it? Because mm. you feel like you, you've got the worth. You can do it. You, you're not shrinking yourself back because you don't know who you are. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really helpful. Mm. Yeah, and um, I think it's such a—it's always a good reminder that um, our relationships don't sort of somehow complete us or um, make us who we are. Mm. Um, but there, there's almost kind of three entities there. There's actually mm. you're a whole person, Erica. You're a whole person, Barney, and your relationship, your marriage, becomes its own yep. whole um, yep. kind of being. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. That those kind mm. of layers. Mm. Um, you know, one thing I think that most of us kind of know on some level, whether or not we examine it closely, is that when it comes to relationships, we often pass on what we've received. Mm. And in many ways, we're kind of just living out of the, the software that we've mm. inherited from our parents or our family of origin, our household, yep. that kind of thing. Mm. And that can be a really wonderful thing or it can be <laughs> a really destructive thing yep. uh, or a mix of both perhaps. Um, how possible is it? to change, maybe this is a question for you, Barney, you do a lot of work with people in this space, I'm sure, but how possible is it to change some of those narratives that we're used to living out of? Mm. And if we wanted to do that, if we actually wanted to take a look at where we came from and and kind of approach our relationships differently, how would we even begin that process? Yeah, it's a good question. It is certainly possible to change the narrative that you've grown up with. And, And I mean, really, a lot of my work is in that space, helping people uh, or particularly in helping couples, you know, kind of go. Well, I'm running Windows and Erica's running Apple. You know, how do we how do we make a relationship? How do we get we you can, onto? Yeah, how do, you, how do we get you to Apple? Yeah, how do I get to Apple? Actually, yeah. and they're important questions. Yeah. Um, but it does take a fair bit of intentional effort, mm. and and really, I guess what I was saying before about we tend to dig our heels in and 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 go. This is this is truth, or this is reality, or this mm. is the way you should be to our partner based on my experience growing up is a little bit naive at best and um, controlling at worst mm. and, and and doomed to fail, really. So relationship really is about, I think, both of us. And we do a little exercise. Yeah. You know, last night we were, you know, working with a, a couple who were getting married and we do a little exercise where we, we kind of conceptualise it as a journey. And so, you know, Barney grew up on Weir Island with his parents and his sister and the family dogs and everything. And Erica grew up on Davis Island, you know, with her sisters. And, and there were rules on each of those islands. You know, there was the way we do things, where you sit at the dinner table. Mm. There was kind of, you know, what, what career choices, what are our values. There's all this kind of background software that we get from our family of origin. But really, I like to say that in relationship, it's like we have to get in a canoe from our island without our partner. And our partner has to get in a canoe off their island. And, and we have to kind of come together make a long journey to our own island that we kind of create and we create our own customs and our own rules and just a simple metaphor. But to ask people to reflect on, well, what, what do you want to leave mm. behind? Because you can't fit everything in your canoe, right? It's a small vessel. You're going to have to leave behind the fact that your father was a bit you know, distant sometimes or the fact that your mum was a bit anxious or you're going to have to leave behind this or that. And some of the other partners to leave behind some stuff too. But then also reflecting on, well, what's the stuff that I want to take? You know, um, Mm. there's some good stuff there too, right? I mean, my parents were pretty loving and they did the best job they could, that kind of stuff. And it's really about articulating to each other, you know, what's in my canoe? What do I bring that's of use? What are we going to toss overboard a little bit? I'm not suggesting we dismiss relationships or cut people off, but really kind of going, what what parts don't I want to take forward? And then building that kind of base together. Mm. So it's a lot of conversations. A lot of that stuff's worked out through, you know, the challenges of conflict and kind of, um, but if, but again, and I guess this is probably my, uh, one of my strongest kind of senses internally is if we allow relationship to teach us and grow us, it's the biggest teacher and, and, and mm. growth source in our life. Mm. If we allow it to be in, in, in aligning ourselves together in relationship. Um, I like to think that over 25 years, 
I've allowed Erica and her refining some of those edges that I possibly brought into relationship that weren't helpful. She's helped me refine some of those. And similarly, I hope I've done mm. the same as well to a point where we kind of – Erica has been my biggest teacher, you know, not my counselling degrees or my psychology degrees or my, you know, health degrees, mm. but Erica because I've had to live and make concessions and, and be affirmed. And, you know, it's that kind of the cut and thrust of kind of relationship that really teaches us at a deep level. So, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely optimistic that <laughs> if people do the work, mm. um, they can achieve that. And I think one of the great myths, as you alluded to, Will, is that – you know, I'm just not compatible or I'm just not mm. connected. You know, I kind of get that at some levels. There's got to be a magic in relationships. You know, I've got to wake up and look forward to being with Erica, by and large. But at the same time, essentially, relationship is is just that preparedness to do the work of mm. kind of um, challenging yourself every day. <laughs> so in the family of origin, I came from um, like way, way up the tree and down uh, lots of reactive, emotive um, Greek family. <laughs> so we all love our passionate responses to things and in our first year of marriage Bunny did something small I think I can't remember what it was which is great and I was like and he goes why are you talking to me like that I went what do you mean and he goes what I don't understand and I go isn't this what people do and he Mm. goes no not as far as I'm aware and I went oh okay it was a ridiculous conversation it was like an out-of-body experience it was like this I'm separating from what I've seen demonstrated to this new husband I have that's saying, hey, I don't like it when you react that way. And mm-hmm. me going, oh, okay, that's – oh, so how should we do it? And we literally had the, the physical conversation of what would it look like if I was frustrated with you? What what would I respond like? like and mm. and what, what can I do to help you understand that I'm frustrated at you without screaming at you? Mm. We literally had that – not everyone gets that technical and that mm. specific, but we had to because I was just doing what I'd seen. Yeah. And to change – to make our relationship stronger in that moment, I realised, oh, this is important. I better settle down. And again, I was very young. You, you learn these things too as you go through. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, so you had to change, but I also had to change because I had to acknowledge that the way I communicated wasn't was really yeah. helping Oka feel heard. You know, mm. I was a bit too mm. passive almost, a bit too back. Mm. And so I had to really step up and go, <laughs> well, I'm going to have to be a bit more demonstrable in the way that I kind of communicate. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, that, all of that makes me think that one part of relationships as well is not, you know, we fall in love or, mm. or whatever and um, we're two people at a particular point in time mm. and space when mm. that happens. Mm. Think about, uh, you know, I married my high school sweetheart. We were 17 and 18 when we met and I'm not that guy anymore mm. and yeah. I wouldn't want to be. Yeah. And actually mm. a healthy relationship is not about maintaining who you are into infinity. No. It's actually about yep. learning and growing and becoming who you will be yeah. um, mm. together. Mm. And every anniversary, uh, jokingly look at Barney and I go, yay us. Like <laughs> we're not the same people we were on this day yeah. 18 years ago, 19 years ago, like every year. Thankfully. Thankfully <laughs> because you're such a kid and you're learning and you're growing. But yeah. I go, if I had have known then how good it's going to be now, I would have been even more excited on that day mm. because mm. it's like, to have someone grow with you and see you at your worst and see you at your best and be part of all of that. Like I helped you at your worst. I helped you be your best. Like mm. there is nothing more exciting than that. And I think anniversaries, whatever you do to celebrate them, it, there's always that moment in that day where you get to stop and reflect and go, "This uh, life would be so different without mm. this relationship. It's hard. It's not always easy. Not perfect. Yeah. But it helps you to grow and helps them to grow. And that's exciting. Like that's amazing. For sure. Mm. And a lot of this, I mean, there's um, definitely 
some principles here that apply to all our relationships, mm. you know, our relationships with our, our kids if we have kids or uh, with close friends. Mm. Um, there's some stuff that is specific to that kind of romantic space mm. or that, um, you know, kind of partner space. Mm. Um, but so many of these principles are around learning from each other mm. and kind of thinking about how do we actually change and grow and view relationship as a teacher can, can apply to so many contexts. Mm. I'm not sure if you guys have seen the jokes going around over the last couple of months. You know, we're sort of living in this time of COVID-19. And people have said you can't spell um, divorce without COVID. <laughs> no, and right. uh, there's kind of been some sort of reflection from some around, man, if we have to spend more time at home and we're mm. kind of in close proximity with each other, yeah. that's just going to bring out all of our stuff. Yeah. Mm. And I kind of wonder, like, maybe for some people, the thought of being uh, at home together is a terrifying thought. And obviously that's not even to mention uh, actual toxic relationships yeah. and households, which is kind of its own issue in some yeah. ways. Mm. Um but, you know, what's the difference between time at home with our closest relationships being a wonderful gift mm. and it being an incredible strain that we dread? <laughs> Is there anything we can do to change how that time actually uh, enhances the quality of or yeah. destroys our closest relationships? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of my passions, I guess, in psychology and, and couple therapy is uh, I adopt a bit of a what we call a neurobiological approach. So I'm very interested in what our kind of nervous systems or what our internal kind of emotions are doing when we're in relationship. And there's mm. been a lot of good research on this by some very smart people. But basically, I think, you know, you take a situation like COVID where people are at home kind of isolated together, that external kind of stressor is going to amplify the dynamics that are already at play, if that makes sense. So for, if people are feeling... 20% anxious most of the time, they're going to feel 30 or 40% anxious often, you know, that, that kind of thing. And when you, when you take Erica's nervous system, which is strung out from, you know, trying to homeschool kids all day, and you take my nervous system, which comes home from working at the hospital all night, looking after people medically, and we're both tired and limited resources and, and, you know, ability to regulate my own emotional state and be curious about what's happening for Erica is very low because I'm very <laughs> tired and a bit, you know, a bit dusty. Um, and similarly for her, that's the case. Then that invariably, I think, will lead to, to conflict if we're not intentional about that. Mm. Because really I'm bringing a frazzled, for want of a better word, nervous system home. Erica's unable to, you know, help me much with that because she's got her own stuff going on. And so I think we've got really got to be really intentional about being as kind to each other mm. as we can through this season. And And that may be COVID, it may be, you know, financial stress, it may be... Uh, family issues, there's all kinds of kind of external forces that, mm. that would weigh into how we're feeling at any given moment, job, job challenges. And um, I think, you know, I, and it sounds a bit, I sound a bit of a science nerd, but I'm, but I'm always in my mind going, where am I at internally? Where's my emotional state? And where's mm. my partner's? You know, where's yeah. Erica? And how can I help us come into some sense of alignment? And often just, uh, and I have exercises that I give couples and things, but often just a, a prolonged hug with each other you know mm. is a is a is a signal from my you know my words my body my touch my you know my my whole being that says erica you're important and i'm drawing you mm. into relationship even though there's all these forces outside of that mm. um and that there's something about that that calms me down and, and i hope mm. calms you down too 
Um, and some, you know, now kids, I mean, my kids are as tall as me now, but <laughs> but I'll sometimes I'll give them a hug too. You know, if Lily's got some stuff going on with school, you mm. know, the first thing is to get the nervous systems in alignment, mm. um, have a have a kind of a, a physical kind of you know we're together in this, and then try and work on the issue or mm. or just go and have a sleep or yeah, what it would have needed in that moment. But mm. what would you say? Erica? Oh, I agree with all of that, absolutely. I also would add. Um, I think with external anxiety with the world, we can get very um, completely blinded to what's happening in the present in our own homes because we're looking at the news all the time and we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook and we're seeing all these world leaders making all these massive statements and they're all conflicting and confusing. And so I think when we are looking outside of the home, our internal stress rises and then when we see our partner, it's like, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. And it's it's actually not the relationship. So I think other people are saying, oh, I'm so sick right. of my husband. But I mm. don't think it's their husband they're sick of. I think they've got so much internal pressure that that's the first person you take it out on. Mm. And so what that's doing, it's creating conflict within the relationship, but it's actually not the relationship that's in conflict. Does that make sense? Yep. So for me, um, I, I get, I can fly out and go, oh, no, this is all happening. And if Barney stays kind of grounded and says, yeah, I can see you're stressed, then it's not a relationship issue. But if he then went, oh, woman, calm down, and then it's a relationship issue because we're not listening to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been very fortunate in the sense that um, in this season I've been able to support Barney. I know everyone has a different work-life balance, but at this particular season I've been able to work from home, look after our kids and be available. So 90% of the time we can send Barney out and protect him and, and uplift him because he's helping COVID patients directly. He's counselling and all that sort of stuff. But on the days where I might have something I have to do or function in and he's also functioning, well, then you're both trying to do opposing things. And I think that's where stress comes from. Again, mm. I don't think it means your relationship's in trouble. I just think it means we're all fighting external forces. So yeah. speaking with friends recently, I, I said, you know, I love where our marriage is at after almost 20 years because when we – have conflict or tension or fight it's actually not i don't like you or you don't like me it's how are we coping with the external stuff yeah mm. that's our mm. biggest problem it's never i don't like who you are or you've changed or i'm not in love with you anymore it's this thing's driving me crazy and i don't know how to process it so mm. it's not the relationship it's how the relationship copes with the external pressure that mm. i think is the thing we need to be focusing on yeah, yeah. i think that's a great point and i i agree and it's kind of like in those moments we feel quite under threat you know, we would say it's quite a primitive part of us almost. It has that heightened sense of threat. but And it's like we look to the relationship to feel safe and secure. Mm. But if we're both overwhelmed, that's a very hard place to achieve. So you yeah. feel the relationship's in trouble. Mm. Or in fact, yeah. it's actually mm. two individuals trying to work themselves out. Yeah. Well, so our, our brain tries to make sense of it. We're yeah. a meaning-making species. And so, so I'm trying to make sense of why am I feeling so anxious? Why am I yeah. so threatened? And why are my adrenaline cortisol levels rising? And I, so it's easy to look at my partner and go, well, it must be you not yeah. giving me what I need, you know, yeah. but classically that's really the case. Mm. Yeah. But that's why that hug Bunny's talking about, it's not just a hug, it's like a hugging until we calm down hug. Mm. It's called a welcome home exercise. And I, mm. I yeah, think now it's not mine, I should qualify. It's, it, you can Google it yeah, on, or on, you can YouTube it. Yeah. I, is that a word? YouTube it? <laughs> I don't know, you can look on YouTube. Uh, Stan Tatkin, T A T K I N, the welcome home hug. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we do all the time for ourselves and the kids. Very helpful, just a four-minute clip. Yeah, mm. and all I was going to say is that that helps you to recenter. It's like there's all this stuff going on around us, but we're actually a unit. Mm. But when you 
uh, both trying to fight fires on your own, that's where you can get a little disconnected. Yeah. But when you do that hug thing or, or whatever it is that you need to do to realign yourself with your partner, it's mm. like, okay, it is us kind of against the world. And yeah. that's that's where I want my focus to be, not my mm. back's to you, your back's to me, we're both doing our thing and now we go to bed not really having connected. Yeah. 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 A little thing that one of my one of my mentors once said to me was, Barney, if dad gets anxious, then mum gets anxious, and then the kids get anxious, and then the dog gets anxious. <laughs> <laughs> but if dad stays calm, then mum stays calm, the kids stay calm, and the dog stays calm. <laughs> and I found that helpful. It's not 100% true all the time, but just to think in terms of, you know, what I bring is what I'll probably reinforce, if that mm. makes sense. If I bring calm, I'll reinforce calm. Yeah. And, uh, and that's harder for some people to achieve than others. And I'd encourage people to think about if that is hard to kind of keep your own emotions in check, to think about talking to someone. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it is a gift that we can give each other in relationship. It's, it's in many respects, Erica's greatest gift to me is that she helps me stay calm and mm. flexible and adaptable and those kind of things. And hopefully okay. I do that for you mm. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's great. I'm learning learning heaps here and and there's so much advice there that i think is um uh really good stuff to listen to for anybody wherever you are at in life whether you are currently in a relationship or not right like there's so much there just to kind of actually learn from the target for this podcast is really um men in particular who may feel like the modern landscape of manhood is a little bit tricky Mm. and uh that's not to say that the modern landscape for women isn't incredibly mm. tricky and complex in some ways it is for all of us mm. but I'd, I'd just love to kind of if you just in your mind right now imagine a man listening who wants to experience greater health in relationships but maybe doesn't quite know where to start just knows that there's room for improvement what where do i begin and at a kind of really practical level what are some simple things that mm. i could do today that might improve my closest relationships great yeah so, and I think I've talked about this with you before, Will, but, you know, one of, the, one of the challenging things I think about being a man is that it requires a level of emotional connection um, to be in a relationship that we haven't always been handed um, growing up and that, you know, that can be a challenge for a lot of guys. So I, I guess I would say to a guy, if he's not in a relationship yet, I would say, you know, I'd think about what you said, Eric, about maybe think about doing some of that work on yourself getting yourself relationship ready. You know, it's like getting your car ready kind of mm. thing. Um, check the tyres, check under the hood. Ask your friends, you know, what's your experience of me in relationship? You know, what are, what are the rough edges you reckon I'm carrying? Mm. Very vulnerable thing to do. But the more that you can invite other people in, it doesn't have to be another woman or, or man or whatever, um, specifically, but the more you can invite people in who you trust to give you feedback about yourself and the way they experience you in relationship, um, that'll stand you in good stead. doesn't mean everything they say is right. You know, you can take it and filter it, but check it out. Check it out with a few people um, and learn, I, I guess, you know, we talked about differentiation or being different from, you know, what you grew up and have a look at your dad and go, well, what, what was dad like? You know, what parts of dad do I want to take forward? How do I want things to be different? And then for, for guys that are in a relationship um, or, or considering a relationship, I'd encourage them to, I guess, take the vulnerable risk of allowing your partner to teach you. And I don't know that we've got much software for that, naturally. Um, you know, we tend to go into a relationship assuming that 
you know, we've got it right or the way we do things is right or, or I know that Erica's feeling loved by me all the time. But my experience sitting down with a lot of couples is uh, the message we think we're conveying or the amount of closeness we think our partner feels is often, you know, doesn't match up with, with what's, what's reality. And so I think having that curiosity and kind of going, look, I, it's a humble posture in relationships that I'd encourage, you know, men to adopt. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be my statement. What about you? Yeah, um, so many things. Oh, my gosh. As soon as you asked the question, it was like I was going through a filing cabinet trying to go, oh, mm-hmm. which one in particular? But um, so Barney and I together have been very fortunate that we get to do marriage prepare for a bunch of couples. And every time, uh, maybe 15 or, or not so. not just marriage, yeah, relation, relationship, long-term relationship, long-term relationship, cohabitation, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and just helping people in all different areas. And I think, again, <laughs> the area of communication uh, is one of those ones that I – I'm not a counsellor, but being in that space and watching Barney do his thing, I've learned a lot about male and female particularly relationships and I think one of the things guys find the hardest is to identify how they're feeling. I think that's one of the hardest things I've noticed. Um, So Barney might say, okay, so if you could just say to your lovely lady here something that's happened and how you're feeling and they'll look at him sometimes like, I don't understand the question. Um, And that's not a criticism, that's not, teasing the whole gender it's it's just the way it is it's sometimes we're wired differently just wired yeah. differently and so i think when um when you get into any kind of relationship and there's that first little conflict i, I could be wrong you guys can tell me but i think I've, I've noticed that first feeling is fear i'm in trouble i've done something wrong mm. and so when fear comes they shut down because the little I know about neuroscience is when you're in your fear part of your brain in the amygdala, all your reasoning shuts down and you and you go into your cave mm-hmm. and you hide and then your poor woman is standing there going, this didn't have to be so dramatic. <laughs> like what's happened here? So I think for me I would suggest if you want healthy relationship is you've got to fight that fear and you've got to stand and there's this little exercise we do with couples where you – You've got to visualise um, that you're coming to a, a shared space, like we call it the gate. You're coming to this shared space and if your partner says, can I tell you something about me and it's going to be an issue, it's going to be something that's gone wrong in the relationship, then the response from the other partner is, yep, okay. And say, like, all right, when this happens, I feel this. But if we could change it to, to this, I would feel better or whatever it is. Mm. The active listening side of that is then hopefully, um, beautiful male listeners, it'd be like, okay, so what I hear you saying is mm. when I do this, it so makes you feel. It's just seeking to understand, understand before responding. And yeah, so yeah. then both people feel heard and they feel seen and then that fear cave situation actually doesn't happen because you stand together. Not mm. doesn't make one person right, one person wrong, one's the mm. aggressor, one's the victim. It's, it's two people, two adults mm-hmm. coming together and saying, can I tell you something? And we still do this as a couple. So if I'm stressed or frustrated rather than just going, you did this, which no one ever wants to hear, mm. I'll go, hey, Barney, I just need to tell you something that's going on for me right now. This situation I found really stressful. Next time could we try it this way because that would make me feel less stressed. And he'll, mm. you know, hopefully if he's in the right space mentally, we'll go, all right, all right, so what are he saying is, yep, okay, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Mm. Crisis averted. So for a healthy relationship – I think that kind of coming together, expressing how you feel, feeding it back, coming to a mutual conclusion is much better than you made me feel. Mm. And then one person runs away and goes, I can't handle it. 
I can't handle mm. the fear of this. Like, yeah. 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 And it, look, it takes a lot of effort yeah. and work and it probably sounds like a lot of effort and work. But when you compare it to the, uh, you know, the, the, days eff- the days. effort of, you know, <laughs> entrenched conflict and not mm. feeling close and feeling distant, um, that's why we choose what we try and choose <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. Well, thank you guys so much for all of the wisdom and personal experience and insights that you've shared. Uh, I've certainly benefited from this conversation and I hope others will also. Um, Maybe one final sentence from each of you just to kind of, if you've got like a final thought that you'd want to leave kind of echoing in people's mind, you Mm. know, sort of a tweetable sentence, what would it be? (laughs) You go first. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Um, Oh, gosh. Healthy relationships. Know who you are, bring the best to your partner and bring out the best in your partner. That's what I would say. Mm. I would say that all the research points to the biggest satisfying thing in life as being the quality of the warmth in the relationships in your life, of the relationships in your life. And if you allow your intimate partner relationship to be the warm it can possibly be, life will be the most satisfying it can be. And uh, that's pretty awesome, I reckon. Mm. Very good, very good. Erica's was slightly more tweetable. Yours wasn't about 140 characters. Uh, (laughs) I don't don't tweet, so, you know. (laughs) That's all right, that's all right. Uh, That's great. Awesome, thank you, guys. It's Uh, been a pleasure. Thanks for This podcast has been proudly brought to you by the Central Coast Council and developed by Lead by Story. Help us grow the conversation by giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode around on your social media. I'd love to hear from you. What's your experience of manhood in the modern world? Drop me a message on Instagram or at leadbystory.com.au and let's have a chat. Catch you next time on Mankind.